Quality Old Radio Comedy Podcast. Welcome to episode 20 of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast and another Hump Day Happy Hour edition featuring two back-to-back comedy shows from the Golden Age of Radio. Today, we're featuring the second and sixth episodes from that popular show, My Friend Irma, which ran from 1947 to 1954 on CBS Radio. The third and fifth episodes, unfortunately, need a lot of re-engineering and filtering work, as the original recordings that I found are not in the best shape. Now, I'm not going to give you the usual background information about the show, as that was done when we broadcast the premiere episode of My Friend Irma back on episode number four of this podcast. So if you'd like to hear more details about the show's history, I invite you to listen to that podcast. In fact, even if you've already heard that episode, I invite you to listen to it again. Now, without further ado, sit back, relax, and get ready to laugh as we bring you the My Friend Irma episode, Rent Money, originally broadcast on April 18th, 1947, and Jane and Irma Lose Their Jobs, originally broadcast on May 16th, 1947, right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Columbia Broadcasting System presents a new comedy. My Friend Irma. Starring Marie Wilson as Irma and Kathy Lewis as Jane with John Brown as Al. Friendship, friendship, just a perfect friendship. When other friendships have been forgotten, theirs will still be hot. My Friend. is a thing that's been around all through the ages. Like measles. Measles you can get rid of, but not my friend Irma. Do you know something? I never want to get rid of Irma because I sincerely love that girl. So I'm going to continue to live with her through thick and thin. Although at times, it's trying. I take, for example, when I was trying to straighten out our finances and fix up a budget for us. Naturally, I had to ask Irma a few simple questions. So I said, Irma, honey... How much money did you save last January? None. Well, that's silly. You worked all month. How come? I bought a fur trim coat. Well, how about February? I was still paying for the coat. In March? I didn't pay for the coat in March. April? In April, I paid a lawyer for getting me out of trouble for not paying for the coat in March. (laughs) Now, honey, please be serious. We've got to work on a budget so that we won't be in the position we were in last year of having to use up all our savings in order to pay our taxes. Jane, we won't have to pay taxes this year. Why not? Because my boyfriend, Al, says income taxes are fat and it's sure to blow over. <laughs> Al said that? Yes, and that's why he's not going to pay any this year. Instead, he's going to use the money to buy himself a new suit. Irma, I've got news for you. If Al doesn't pay his taxes, the government will supply him with a new suit. 
With stripes. Well, I hope there'll be pinstripes. Al looks so cute in them. <laughs> well, honey, you forget Al. You know, there are other guys in this world besides Al. Oh, I know, Jane, and one of the boys at the office sort of has an eye on me. Really? Uh, so I told him I like him, but my heart belongs to Al. But that didn't discourage him. Why not? He said he loved me for my mind. <laughs> Believe me, Al's got a better deal. <laughs> now, listen, Irma. My boss, Richard Rhinelander's coming over later to take me out, so let me get together the rent money to pay Mrs. O'Reilly, the landlady. Huh? Now, what have we got in our cookie jar? Three graham crackers and 32 cents. <laughs> oh, well, I guess it must be in the sugar bowl. Yeah, here it is. 10, 20, 30, and I'll take $10 from my purse and $10 from your purse, and that'll be an even $50 to pay the rent with. And that's all the money we have in the world. Jane, why must we take all our money and give it to Mrs. O'Reilly? Well, because she's our landlady and she happens to own the building. Well, if she already owns the building, what does she need our money for? <laughs> she needs it for overhead. Well, it's a good thing to need it for. Our ceiling's been leaking for months. <laughs> well, any way you look at it, we have to give her the money. Now, look, honey, if she comes up and I happen to be busy dressing, you know, you pay her the $50 and be sure to get a receipt. You think you can handle that? Certainly, Jane. Where do you think I am? Dumb? <laughs> Irma, I'm kind of sorry you asked me that <laughs> Why? I might have to answer it <laughs> Jane, do you hear someone knocking? Yes Yes, let's open the door It might be someone we'd like to know Oh, no, we've got all the friends we need <laughs> oh, Well, what's the use? Come in Hiya, chicken Hello, Janie. Oh, look, Jane, it's Al. Yes, I know. The change purse in my pocketbook is quivering. <laughs> you know, Jane, it's lucky for you I'm not sensitive. Or I wouldn't let you in on this big deal I got going. Before you tell me about any new big deal, genius, what happened to the money we gave you to help finance that new washing machine invention? Oh, that's going to be the biggest thing in the country. Do you realize it dries clothes, presses them, and sews buttons on shirts? What about washing the shirts? When we solved that, we got the whole problem licked. <laughs> Al, have you ever wondered why I keep picking on you? No, Janie. But now that you brought it up, why do you? Well, I, I sort of got a theory that everybody in this world should have some kind of steady employment. That seems strange to you? Oh, I believe in it myself. That's why you are now looking at the manager of the next heavyweight champion of the world. Who is he, Al? Tiger McGurk. Girls, I'm telling you, the minute I laid eyes on the tiger, I knew he was a champ. You see, I'm in this tavern over on 3rd Avenue, see? And I noticed the tiger working there serving drinks. Well, suddenly there was a commotion because some no-good phony wouldn't pay for his beer. And the tiger rushed in and threw the bum out on the sidewalk. Gee, Al, did he hurt you? Please, check her. Now, girls, I can enter Tiger McGurk at the Elks Club in the preliminaries. And all I need is a little capital. Goodbye, Al. Your story has touched me. But you won't. <laughs> oh, look, Jane, honey, am I the type of a guy... I don't know what you're going to say, but you're the type. <laughs> but why are we standing here gabbing? By an odd coincidence, I just happen to have the tiger right outside. I'll have him in, and you can look him over yourself. Oh, now, just a minute, Al. We don't want any prize fighters in here. This is not an annex of Stillman's gym. Oh, he won't bother you. He'll just come in and walk around quietly on his heels. Sure, Jane. Let him come in. You're making a mole out of a groundhog. <laughs> okay, you will now meet the one and only Tiger McGurk. I'll just whistle. 
he answers that, his name ought to be Lassie McGurk. You call me, boss, I'll run all the way up the steps. <laughs> Girls, this is the tiger. The tiger? From the pouch on him, he looks more like a kangaroo. <laughs> to make your acquaintance, Mr. Tiger. Thanks, lady. Hey, boss, I'm hungry. I told you, you mustn't eat before the fight. Yeah, but three days before? Jane, I think he's cute. And I think we've seen enough. Al, will you please tell the tiger to peddle his muscles elsewhere? Oh, now, wait a minute, Jane. He's just getting started. Tiger, would you like to skip a little rope for the girl? Okay, boss. Oh, I'll take my nylons off the clothesline, Mr. Tiger, and you can use that. No, Irma, no. Mr. McGurk, please, this is not the place to... No, no, you're, you're shaking the whole building. Get a load of that floor. No, please, uh, Mrs. O'Reilly, our landlady... Please. Mrs. O'Reilly, our landlady, lives downstairs. You'll crack her ceiling. Well, stop it. Okay. Oh, dear. We're sorry we disturbed you, Mrs. O'Reilly. Disturbed, was it now? You realize the ceiling just came down, plastered and all on me poor husband. Oh, dear. Was he hurt? No, but it's the first time he's ever been plastered on the outside. <laughs> well, we, we won't let it happen again, Mrs. O'Reilly. Well, you'd better not. Now stop your moaning, dearie. I'll be digging you out in a minute. Girls, today's the first of the month. I'll be up from event later. Oh, we've got it for you, Mrs. O'Reilly. Al, would you and Tiger McGurk please get lost? Uh, Tiger, go down and run around the block a couple of times. I want to talk to the girls. Private. Gotcha, boss. Well, so long, lady. See you later. Uh, good luck tonight, champ. Bye. Well, girls, what do you say? You want to back the tiger and hop on the bandwagon? No, I think we'll hitchhike and stay honest. Okay, you had your chance. I withdraw my offer. It's accepted. Irma, sweetie, I'm going to go down to the drugstore to buy some of that special perfume that Richard likes, you know. And now, if Mrs. O'Reilly comes up while I'm gone, here's the $50 rent money for her, and you'll be sure to get a receipt. You think you can handle it? Certainly, Jane. Uh, Jane? Yes? Oh, why don't we give Al the money for the tiger? He looks like a sure thing to me. Oh, honey, we just made out a budget which leaves no surplus for stray fighters that Al manages. Yes, but, Jane, what if he turns out to be another John L. Dempsey? <laughs> Irma, are you really dumb or are you just acting stupid? I've got you over a barrel, haven't I? <laughs> Why, oh, why did I ever leave Wyoming? <laughs> Wyoming? <laughs> Isn't that silly? You know, Jane told me she was born in West Dakota. <laughs> oh, honey, I'm awful sorry. I, I really did my best. I know, chicken, but that's just me. Hard luck, Al. Here I got a chance to clean up on the tiger, and I can't get a break. Gee, Al, I wish there was something I could do. Oh, you tried your best, kid. But you know where I'm at? I don't really care about the money for myself. It's you I was thinking about. Gee, Al, you're so sweet. You see, I figured that if the tiger could win a couple of fights, it might be possible for you and I to walk down that middle aisle. Together? If you want it that way. <laughs> but, Chicken, since we couldn't persuade Jane to give me the money, I, I can't enter the tiger in the fight tonight. So I guess we'll have to postpone our marriage for about ten years. Gee, Al, I wish I had some extra money. 
You see, the only money I've got is this $50 rent money, but I haven't got to give it to that Mrs. O'Reilly. Oh, I'm so sorry, Al. Don't let it bother you, kid. I understand. You know, Irma, that's just one of life's funny twists. Here you are giving $50 to a dame who's got a house and don't need the dough, and here $50 would solve all of our problems and make all our dreams come true. Al, I, I have an idea. If I took the $50 Jane gave me and gave it to Mrs. O'Reilly and gave it to... No, thanks, chicken. I, I couldn't take it. But keep talking. Well, don't you see, Al? If the tiger's such a cinch to win, you could return the money right after the fight. I'd pay our rent, and Jane won't have to know anything about it. Here, Al, honey, take the money. No, no, kid. You might get in trouble with Jane. Oh, she'll never know. Take it, Al. Okay, Irma. Gee, you're wonderful. And believe me, you'll never lose by this. Oh, I know, Al. I've got confidence in you. But just tell me one thing. Is the tiger really a great fighter? Chicken, why do you think Joe Lewis took up golf? And now it's the Sportsman's Quartet with Lud Gluskin and his orchestra and their own special arrangement of Nellie Bly. I will play and sing for you the sweetest melody. Oh, Nelly, won't you listen while I sing to thee? Nelly, bye, Nelly, bye, bring the broom along. We'll sweep the kitchen clean, my dear, and have a little song. Oh, Nelly has a voice like a turtle dove. And when she sings so pretty like... My heart just with love. Trip, 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 hi, hi, Nelly. Ho, ho, Nelly. Listen, lady, love to me, to me. I will play and sing for you the sweetest melody. Oh, Nelly, won't you listen while I play for thee? budget and paying our rent, I felt pretty secure. Just to play safe, I said, Irma, honey, did you take care of the rent money? Yes, Jane, I took care of it. <laughs> so, financially, I was sailing on a cloud. And romantically, I was higher than a cloud because tonight, tonight I was going to go out with my dream man, Richard Rhinelander. He was due in a few minutes, so I decided to fill up the time by doing a little daydreaming. Which appeals to me because it's the one thing that Irma can't complicate. <laughs> now I'm dreaming that I'm Mrs. Richard Rhinelander III. And we're honeymooning on the beautiful French Riviera. Soft light, dreamy music. As we walk along under the stars, Richard takes me in his arms and says, Jane, should I empty the garbage now? LAUGHTER 
That's Irma. Jerking me back to reality. You know, I'm not even safe from that girl in a dream. Irma, what is it you want to know? Well, should I empty the garbage now? Irma, do you realize that I have just left the Riviera to talk to you? The Riviera? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, it was wonderful. Wouldn't you like to take a trip around the world? Oh, no, Jane. There's too many other places I'd like to see first. <laughs> started tidying up the apartment for Richard, and while I was busy sweeping the dust from under the rug where Irma had swept it, I noticed that Irma was vacuuming in the hall. I said, Irma, why are you vacuuming in the hall? And she said, well, I've finished in the apartment and the dust bag isn't full yet. <laughs> you know, it's amazing that a vacuum cleaner, which in most people's hands is merely a household gadget, in Irma's hands becomes a deadly weapon. <laughs> Jane? Yeah? I've got everything fixed up real nice for Richard's arrival. I put candy in the candy bowl. I put cologne on the paper flowers so they'd smell nice. And uh, I've done something especially for you. You did? What? I loosened the bulb in the lamp. Why? So that when you and Richard are sitting on the couch, all you have to do is nudge it with your elbow and the light will go out. <laughs> oh, listen, honey. I appreciate what you're trying to do for Richard and me, but, sweetie, if you really want to do me a favor, please be careful what you say to him, huh? I will. You know, he, he'll be real proud that I managed to fix up a budget for us because Richard, even though he's a millionaire, he believes in things like uh, a penny saved is a penny earned. That's cute. I know one, too. Early to bed and early to rise makes me healthy, wealthy, and sleepy. Now, you give one thing. <laughs> Irma, I'm not playing games. I'm merely giving quotations that Richard and his father believe in. Uh, business principles like, uh, never put off until tomorrow what you can do today. Well, that's where they're wrong. I always put off until tomorrow what should be done today. You do? Yeah, I make a lot of overtime that way. <laughs> Don't let Richard hear you say that, huh? He might not understand. Oh, oh, excuse me. All right, Jane. What's the matter with you, Irma? What are you so nervous about? Oh, I'm not nervous. Just wish I would telephone and tell me if the tiger won. Oh, who cares if he wins or loses? We didn't invest any money in him. Well, I feel almost as if we had. <laughs> oh, you wanted to, didn't you? But I wouldn't let you. Imagine, Al. Imagine him trying to line up a sucker to back that broken-down fighter. Isn't that silly? Yes. <laughs> you needn't get hysterical. It's not the most attractive side of you, you know. Gee, I'm as nervous as a cat about to have puppies. <laughs> well, take it easy, honey. We haven't got a worry in the world. Yeah, you haven't a worry in the world. Jane. Yeah. Even though there's nothing to worry about, promise me we'll always be friends. Oh, honey. Sure we will. I, I may be stern with you at times, and I just hate myself for it, honest. But believe me, there's nothing that can ever break up our friendship. Don't worry. I'll think of something. <laughs> Come in. Hello, Richard. Oh, hello, Jane. Irma, nice seeing you. Won't you sit down, Richard? Oh, thank you, Jane. Well, now, what have you girls been doing with yourself? Oh, well, I've just finished putting Irma and me on a budget. Splendid. Splendid. I think being on a budget is a smart economical move. I admire you, Jane, for having such a well-developed sense of financial responsibility. Few girls have. Thank you, Richard. Yes, Dad and I have often discussed financial discipline at our board meetings. 
We feel that paying one's bills, taxes, or otherwise can help to combat inflation. Yes, indeed. You know the new fiscal year of 1947 has a great potential in the direction of economic upheaval. Unless consumer goods stabilize the country, will have to be continued on page 19. <laughs> What is that? I don't know. I never turned to page 19. <laughs> well, it, it's getting late, isn't it? Isn't it? I think I'll get my hat and then we'll be off, Richard. Oh, fine, Jane. Well, Irma, you seem a bit preoccupied tonight. Well, I, I'm worried about Al and Tiger McGurk. Al should have phoned by now. Al? Yes, you remember Al, my boyfriend? Well, he's managing a fighter and there's a fight tonight and, well, a, a lot depends on it. Well, I must say that Al of yours is a very enterprising young man. Oh, sure. Last year he had a racehorse. Is that so? Yes, he even had an invention that went with the horse. An invention? Yes, it was an electric circuit with live wires that went under the horse's saddle to make him run faster. <laughs> well, that's unusual. Yes, but something went wrong. The horse won the race, but the jockey was electrocuted. <laughs> And now your Al has a prize fighter. Yeah. And can you imagine, Richard, he tried to get Irma and me to back him, but I refused. I said that we'd made a budget and we'd stick to it. Well, come on, Richard. We don't want to be late for the movie. Irma, honey, why don't you come with us? Uh, no, thanks, Jane. I have to wait here for Al so he can tell me how the tiger makes out. Oh, forget the tiger. You act like you had money on him. Yeah, don't I? <laughs> come on, sweetie. Come on to the movie with Richard and myself. You'll like the picture. It's the guilt of Janet Ames. Thanks, Jane. I'll stay here with the guilt of Irma Peterson. <laughs> Goodbye, Irma. Goodbye, honey. I'm sorry you're not coming with us. We'll see you later. Oh, gee, I'm so nervous. I hope Al comes back before Mrs. O'Reilly comes for the rent. Well, that must be Al now. Uh, come in, Al. Oh, it's you, Mrs. O'Reilly. Well, what can I do for you? Well, I just finished reading my horoscope. Jupiter's in direct vertigo with Saturn. And Sagittarius is just in back of Capricorn, leaving Aries near Pluto. Oh, what does all that mean? The rent is due. <laughs> oh, is it rent day already? Well, it seems only yesterday that we paid you for last month. It was yesterday, dearie. You were 30 days late. <laughs> and now if I can have me $50, I'll be going. Well, now, don't be in such a hurry, Mrs. O'Reilly. Now, come in and we'll chat a little. Well, I don't mind if I do, and I've got a sort of a soft spot in my heart for you two girls. Well, uh, what's new, Mrs. O'Reilly? Well, Mrs. O'Malley had twins last night, and her husband... Now, just a minute there. You're getting me off the subject. Oh, I wouldn't think of doing that. Uh, were they happy having twins? Indeed not. They got too many mouths to feed as it is. Oh, really, Mrs. O'Reilly? Uh, how many children do they have? Oh, now, let me see. There's Timothy, Patrick, Terrence, and Dennis. Care for some tea? Uh, yes, thank you. Robert, Thomas, Michael, and little Danny. You'll do with the tea? Uh, yes, and a bit of lemon. And then there was little Joseph, Stevie, Kevin, and Philip. She has quite a large family. And then there's the girls. <laughs> There's Mary and Maggie and Patty. Those are the twins. They were all born under the sign of Capricorn. Oh, what's the sign of Capricorn mean? Oh, that's the horn of plenty. Mm. <laughs> well, um, if you'll just give me the rent, I'll be on my way. Well, uh, Mrs. O'Reilly, there's... Uh... There's something on my unconscious that I must get off. I I gave the rent money to my boyfriend Al to bet on the tiger a prize fighter. 
Now, did you know? So, could you please wait until after the fight for your money? Oh, now, wait a minute. Why should I be waiting for me money when you've got a wallet chuck full of money lying on the table there? Wallet? Money? Oh, gee, gosh, Mr. Rylander must have forgotten it. Well, now, isn't that convenient? Now, let me see. He has here, let's see, ten, twenty... Oh, $150. Now, if you'll just allow me to take $50 out of the wallet, we'll call the rent settled. Oh, stop, Mrs. O'Reilly. The, the money doesn't belong to me. Oh, come now, dear. You're merely letting me borrow the money until after the fight. But, but that's stealing. Well, not if you put it back. Now, don't worry. Just say to yourself, I'm not a criminal. I'm not a criminal. I'm not a criminal. I'm not a criminal. Fine. You just keep saying that. And thanks for the rent. Goodbye, dearie. I'm not a criminal. I'm not a criminal. Oh, but I am a criminal because it wasn't my money. It was Richard's wallet. Gosh, I'm sorry I let Mrs. O'Reilly take the money. It wasn't honest. Gee, I'm a criminal. I'm a criminal. Hi, Irma. Jane, I'm not a criminal. I'm not a criminal. <laughs> Irma, what are you mumbling about? Oh, nothing. Uh, hello, Jane and Richard. Uh, what are you doing back here? Well, Irma, the funniest thing happened when I went up to the box office to pay for the tickets... I found I didn't have, have any... any money. How did you know? Oh, Al always pulls that one on me. <laughs> Irma, darling, what Richard means is that he might have left his wallet here in the apartment. Did you happen to see it? I'm not a criminal. I'm not a criminal. No one's accusing you, honey. I just want to know if you saw the wallet. Well, Jane, let's forget about it. If Irma didn't see it, maybe I didn't leave it here after all. Well, all right. Irma, if you should run across it, huh, let me describe it to you. It was a brown pigskin wallet with the name Richard Rhinelander on it. R-I-C-H-A-R-D-R-H-I... Oh, you don't and... have to spell in front of me. I'm old enough to understand things now. <laughs> well, Irma, you didn't see it, did you? Irma? Why don't you answer, Richard? Did you see it? Irma, this is ridiculous. Answer yes or no. And our friendship depends on it. Yes. Yes what? Uh, that's my answer. You just fill in the question. Please, Jane, maybe... Now, you let me handle this, Richard. Irma, did you see Richard's wallet? I, um... Uh... Oh, come in. Hiya, folks. Hello there, chicken. Oh, Al, how was the fight? Did the tiger win? Uh, no, chicken. But you'd have been proud of him. He established a new world's record. Three and a half seconds of the first round. <laughs> you, you mean he was knocked out in three and a half seconds? No, he was back in the shower. <laughs> oh, well, I'm sorry to hear that. You're sorry. Uh, getting back to our little discussion, Irma, I'd like to find out what happened. Well, I'll uh, be with you in a minute, Jane. I want to see Al in private first. Uh, oh, would you excuse me? Uh, come on, Al. What's up, chicken? Al, promise me you'll write to me. And wait for me. Well, what do you mean? What are you talking about? Well, Al, after I gave you the money, Richard left his wallet here, and I took $50 from it to replace the rent money that I gave you to bet on the tiger. So? So, Jane and Richard are back looking for his wallet, and I have it here, and I have to give it to him, and they'll find the money missing. Oh, well, I'm a criminal. I'm a criminal. Oh, honey, you're not a criminal. No, I tried saying that. It doesn't work. <laughs> Look, honey, if that's all you're worrying about, forget it. 
Your Al will always take care of his little Irma. Here's the $50 to put back in the wallet, and here's 10 more for your share of the winnings. But, Al, where'd you get the money the tiger lost? Well, what do you think? I bet him to win? <laughs> I bet against the bum. But, Al, how could you be so sure he'd lose? Kid, a guy don't win who hasn't eaten for three days <laughs> and runs around the block twice just before the fight and don't have no talent to start with. Gee, Al, you're a genius. Uh, Mr. Rhinelander, uh, did your uh, wallet have a zipper on it? Yes. Irma, if you're going to say leave your name and address and if anything turns up, we'll write to you. I just don't know what I'll do. <laughs> no, I just want to know if Richard's wallet has a zipper on it. Well, yes, it does. Uh, then this one must be yours. Here it is. Oh, yes, that's mine, Irma, but... Irma, why didn't you give it to him before? Well, you didn't say anything about a zipper, and you have to be plenty careful these days. <laughs> why, that's odd. What's the matter, Richard? Well, Jane, I had $150 in my wallet, and now I have 160 <laughs> Where did that extra $10 bill come from? Well, don't you get interest on all your loans? <laughs> to go to the movies, the four of us. And all through the picture, I kept thinking, what is the connection between Richard's wallet and Irma? So, when we got home that night and were drinking our chocolate before going to bed, I said, Irma, what about Richard's wallet? And Irma said, I'm not a criminal, I'm not a criminal. <laughs> well, that's my friend Irma. <laughs> My Friend Irma was written and directed by Cy Howard. How would you like to sign up for security for a ticket to the kind of tomorrow you've always dreamed about? You can do that if you invest your money today in United States savings bonds. Money saved today in savings bonds will bring you a return of $4 for every $3 you invest when the bonds mature in 10 years. Buy United States savings bonds and enjoy the tomorrow you've been dreaming about. Remember, next week, instead of dialing your telephone to listen to your best friend, dial your radio to this same Columbia station, same time to listen to... My friend, Irma. Starring Marie Wilson as Irma and Kathy Lewis as Jane... John Brown is Al, and George Neese is Richard Rhinelander. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Broadcasting System presents a new comedy. My Friend Irma. Starring Marie Wilson as Irma and Kathy Lewis as Jane, with John Brown as Al and Life Erickson as Richard. Friendship, friendship, just a perfect blendship when other friendships have been forgotten. Theirs will still be hot. My Friend Irma. <laughs> 
saying that opposites attract. And I live with an opposite, my friend Irma. Now, don't get me wrong, I love that girl, but where Irma is concerned, the question is, how far can the opposite go? By the time we went to the movies, and right in the middle of the show, I noticed Irma reading. Irma, I said, why are you reading instead of looking at the screen? And she said, well, everybody tells me the book is better than the picture. (laughs) But who am I to complain? Irma gets along with everybody, even her boss. Uh, John J. Quiet, attorney at law. Miss Peterson speaking. Oh, he's busy on the other phone, but I'll give him the message. Yes, important, urgent, matter of life and death. Oh, yes, I've got it all down. I'll tell him immediately. Gee, I got it all down except for one thing. I should have asked who it was. <laughs> oh, well, all in a day's work. There'll be other calls. And now to finish this dictation. <clears throat> Dear Miss Irma Peterson. Huh, isn't that strange? Someone with a name just like mine. Uh, This is to inform you that you are fired. (laughs) Oh, that poor Miss Peterson. Miss Peterson? Uh, Yes, Mr. Clyde? Did you read that letter? You're fired. Me? Yes, yes, you. But the letter said, Dear Miss Peterson. You never called me dear before. (laughs) It just shows you the minute you let the boss get familiar with you, you're out of a job. Miss Peterson, will you please go? All right, but I don't think it's fair. Fair? Fair? Miss Peterson, for the life of me, I don't know what goes on in that head of yours when I give you legal dictation. Was something wrong? Wrong? Why, if I hadn't checked the last batch of letters you typed, Senator Adams would be lobbying in Reno with Mrs. Park... And I would be suing President Truman for a divorce. (laughs) Now get out. You're through. You're fired. Then there's no hope for a raise? (laughs) Raise, Miss Peterson, will you please go? All right, but don't think I'm worried about losing my job. You see, I don't have to work. I have a roommate who will take care of me because she's got a steady job and works for a boyfriend, so she can never get fired. Richard Rhinelander Investments, Miss Stacy speaking. Yes, yes, I'll check on it immediately. Richard, uh, Mr. Gerard just called. Don't forget Mr. Gerard, Jane. Say, what's this nonsense about you resigning from your job? Well, Richard, I think my letter of resignation speaks for itself. But why? Richard, I've come to the conclusion that it's better to be the boss's wife and worry about the secretary than be the secretary and worry about being the boss's wife. (laughs) Jane, Jane, our personal life has nothing to do with our business relationship. Richard, I'm sorry. In this case, it does. In fact, your entire office force is getting a new occupational disease. Keyhole squat and transomitis. Every time I come out of your office, somebody's either standing up or getting down. That's just idle office gossip. Well, it's embarrassing both to me and to you, and it's bound to reach the ears of your father, Richard, so I quit. But how will you make a living, Jane? Well, fortunately, Irma has a good, steady job. She'll take care of me like another one. Well, six o'clock came, and I said goodbye to Richard. I went home feeling pretty low, but not as low as I might have felt if Mr. Phillips in the office across the hall hadn't stopped me. He gave me some extra work that I could do for him at home. Won't keep me in sables, but at least I won't be a burden on Irma. 
fact, I don't think I'll even tell her. I'll just get my old typewriter from the closet and I'll start working tonight. Jane! Jane! Oh, she's not home yet. Well, that's good. I won't tell her I lost my job until I've had a chance to talk it over with Al. He always knows the right thing to do. Oh, hello, Irma. Hi, Jane. How'd things go today at the office, Irma? Um, pretty good. How'd things go with you, Jane? Uh, pretty good. What's new with you? Um, nothing. What's new with you? Nothing. As long as we're speaking about nothing, where's Al? <laughs> I haven't seen him for quite a while. Oh, Al's working. Uh, that is, uh, he's got a job. Al's working? When did he start? Tomorrow. <laughs> Tomorrow? Well, why hasn't he been around? Well, he's been staying in bed all week preparing for it. <laughs> Al working. You know the age of miracles has come to pass? Honey, I'm going to go down to the drugstore for a minute, and by the way, I may keep you up late tonight because I'm going to do some extra work. Well, Jane, I wouldn't do that. You know the old saying, all work, no play makes Jack a dull boy. And Richard would be jealous if he found out about Jack. <laughs> well, I'll keep it a secret. Gee, now that Al has a job, maybe he'll accept my proposal. <laughs> uh, come in. Hi, chicken. Oh, hello, Al. I didn't expect you so early. I had to get out of bed. The landlady wanted to change the linen. <laughs> How's your new job working out? Perfect. I quit. <laughs> but you haven't started yet. Honey, I've been thinking it over. I go to work, right? Somebody has to pack my lunch, so I marry you. They work me like a dog. I come home, I'm irritable. We quarrel, then we fight. First thing you know, we're throwing things at each other. Finally, you get hit, you fall to the floor crying. No, Emma, no. For a little thing like a job, it ain't worth it to make you miserable. <laughs> You're a real gentleman. Any other fellow would take the job and make me miserable. Well, I'm glad you see it my way, kid. Oh, I do, Al. Gee, it's a small world, isn't it? What do you mean, it's a small world? Oh, the day before you quit your job, I get fired. Fired? What happened, chicken? Did the boss get fresh? Oh, no, Al. Everything between us was strictly Potomac. Chicken, this is a problem. we got to find the answer. Well, the important thing to me, Al, is, is not to be a burden to Jane. Honey, I know exactly how you feel. All we got to do is promote some ready capital for you. Well, gee, Al, how do you do that? Well, there are several ways. You can go to the bank and borrow on your collateral, or you can take the collateral right to a hawk shop and cut out the middleman. <laughs> gee, pawn things? Uh-huh. Now, what have you got a value that could get you ready money? Well, the only expensive things I own are the ones you've given me. I like that plaster statue of Venus de Milo with a clock in her stomach. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd hate to part with that, though, because you said it was imported. Oh, certainly it was imported, honey. Because don't you remember when I gave it to you, I told you it was plaster of Paris? <laughs> Came from France, you know. But that's too sentimental. Uh, what else? Well, of of course, Al, if it's necessary, there's that ten-carat diamond ring you gave me. You said that was worth thousands. Uh, well, honey, uh, I bought at the peak. 
The way the diamond market has collapsed today, we'd be lucky to get a buck for it. <laughs> well, there's my red silk world's fair pillow. Nothing. Uh, half a mahjong set. Half of nothing. Uh, James typewriter. Hold it, chicken. You don't have to go any further. You got a gold mine there. We'll pawn the typewriter. But, Al, do you think we'd be doing the right thing, pawning James' typewriter? Chicken, that's finance. You gotta take chances. How do you think the rich get rich? They buy everything wholesale. <laughs> no, 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 honey. They invest their money and make it work for them. Uh, give me the phone. Well, who are you gonna call? Who am I gonna call? The one man who can make us rich. Joe. Hello, Joe? Al. Why didn't I call you? I was considering a job. All right, Joe, stop yelling. I've seen the error of my ways. Joe, gonna pawn a typewriter. We'll have some ready cash. What do you have that's a good investment? The Brooklyn Bridge. <laughs> no, no, Joe. This is for personal friends. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Sounds like a big deal. I'll be right over and bring the door. Well, I finished my shopping, bought my typewriter ribbon, and when I get back to the apartment, I'm going to take a nice warm bath and get down to work. And since it looks as if I'll be able to pay my own way, I might as well tell Irma about losing my job. So I told her, and she said, Huh? <laughs> yes, honey. Why should you seem so startled at the news? Gee, I hope you don't think I'll be a burden on you just because I haven't got a steady job. Oh, no, Jane, you're my friend. You can share my clothes and my perfume, and if you want, you can even share Al with me. Don't overdo it, kid. <laughs> oh, Jane, I don't want you to worry about losing your job. Relax. You can lean on me like the rock of Gibraltar. <laughs> Thanks, honey, I appreciate it. Oh, I know you do, because I know what it means to a girl to know she's living with a rock. <laughs> Thank you, sweetie, but you won't have to share the entire burden Because tonight I'm getting out my old typewriter and start working to pay my share By the way, where is the typewriter? Huh? <laughs> the typewriter, you know the one Oh, I know, I know, it's in the closet Well, I guess I'll go and take my bath later, I'm going to type Honey, would you mind getting the typewriter out for me and putting in the ribbon? Huh? <laughs> Irma, I'm only mentioning the fact that I want to use the typewriter And you keep saying, huh? Why these hunts? Huh? <laughs> well, it has been a privilege to sit in on this conversation. If you'll excuse me, I think I'll go and take a bath. Oh, uh, Jane, uh, honey, be careful and try not to splash any water on the floor. It's still dinner time and the man downstairs may be eating dinner. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'll take it easy. Hiya, chicken. James taking a bath. Again? That day makes up holidays. Oh, Al, something terrible has happened. James out of work. This is disgusting. What kind of people am I mingling with? Well, uh, but something else terrible has happened. Jane needs a typewriter. When? Well, she's going to want to use it right after she finishes her bath. Oh, well, don't worry, baby. Saw Joe. Gave him the cash I got from pawning the typewriter to invest. The money's working for us. All we got to do is sit here so that when Jane comes out of the bathroom, we can tell her she's welcome. That must be Joe with the good news. Honey, stretch out your arms. I want to measure you for a mink coat. 
Hello? Oh, Joe. What's the good word? Need bail? <laughs> Joe, what happened? Cops broke up the game. Joe. Joe, listen. Oh, you can't talk. They're taking it all down. Understand. Uh, by the way, remember, if they ask, you never saw me before. So long. Well, Al, what happened? What happened to Joe? Wait till I take off my hat and bow my head, and I'll tell you. Well, what is it, Al? Chicken, as it must come to all men, the sheriff came to Joe. <laughs> Now it's the King's Men with Lud Gluskin and his orchestra and their arrangement of Little Lies of Jane. I got a gal and you got none. Little Lies of Jane. I got a gal and you got none. Little Lies of Jane. She's so pretty, I do declare. Little Lies of Jane. With big brown eyes and wavy hair. Little Lies of Jane. Oh, Little Lies of Little Lies of Jane. Oh, Little Lies of Little Lies of Jane. Come, my love, and marry me. Little Liza Jane, see how happy we will be. Little Liza Jane, I'll go buy a wedding ring. Little Liza Jane, we'll be married in the spring. Little Liza Jane, oh, Little Liza, little old Liza Jane. Oh, Little Liza, Little Liza Jane. Then one day in the middle of May, Little Liza Jane, away she ran with a traveling man who stole my Liza Jane. I jumped aboard a train, made up my mind to try to find my little Liza Jane. Away down south in Tennessee, I got off the train. Who was waiting there for me but little Liza Jane? was reading last week's newspaper. Irma likes to read old newspapers. That way she can always predict what's already happened. <laughs> I noticed that there was something different about the room. The sofa on which Irma had draped herself had been moved directly in front of the closet door in which I kept my typewriter. I said, Irma? Uh, yes, Jane? Why'd you move the sofa? The sofa? Uh, Think what? fast, Irma. Well, uh, I don't want the sofa in front of the piano. I mean, I don't want the sofa in front of the phone because I don't like people talking behind my back. Mm. <laughs> Irma, you didn't move the sofa in front of the closet because there's something in there you don't want me to see. Oh, that isn't the reason. It's because there's something in that closet I don't want you to see that isn't there. <laughs> now, just... Let me think calmly. This is the first time in six months that I've wanted to use the typewriter. So what is the most logical thing to expect? Irma, where did Al pawn the typewriter? <laughs> Why, 
Jane Stacy, how can you say that? Where did Al pawn the typewriter? Al has pride. You know he'd never tell me. <laughs> so you let him take the one thing that I depended upon to see me through this crisis. Well, don't say the one thing. Al considered everything. I was even willing to pawn the genuine pearl necklace he gave me. Why didn't you? Well, you know, when you take it out of the icebox, it melts. <laughs> okay, Irma, okay. I was afraid of being a burden to you, but now that you've taken the uh, tools of my trade away from me, I'm not going to get another job. I'm just going to let you support me. Irma, you can work for two. Jane, I can't even work for one. What do you mean? I've been fired. Fired? Irma, how did that happen? I don't know. I'd write a letter, then I'd have to write another letter explaining what I wrote. <laughs> then my boss, Mr. Clyde, would have to write another letter apologizing for my explanation. <laughs> oh, honey, well, why didn't you tell me? Well, I figured two can live as cheap as none. Besides, there's Al. Yeah, I see what you mean by none. <laughs> well, now I understand everything, honey, but why did you pawn the typewriter? Well, we wanted to make some money to take care of you. You see, Joe had a good proposition. Uh-oh, Joe again, and something no doubt happened to Joe's deal? Yes, while he was dealing. <laughs> Jane. What? Are you angry at me? How could I be, darling? You were thinking, and whenever that happens, we have to be satisfied with potluck. <laughs> Chicken? Hello, Janie. Well, if it isn't King Midas, everything he touches turns to three gold balls. <laughs> now, wait a minute, Janie. Don't get angry. I'm sorry for what I've done. And I realize if I was a lawyer, I would be disbarred. If I was a doctor, they'd take my license away. Well, what about it? Just wanted you to know you're not dealing with a professional man. <laughs> No need for any explanations. I know you're sorry. I suppose it's my fault as much as anybody's. I shouldn't have quit my job in the first place. Imagine me wanting you and Irma to take care of me. <laughs> you know, that's one of the silliest, most terrifying thoughts I've ever had. <laughs> you feel badly about losing your job, huh, Jane? Well, I feel badly about quitting when I didn't have to. Now we're all in a bad financial mess. I think I'll go out and get some air and try and think this thing out. Oh, this is terrible. Jane's out of work, and I'm out of work, and you're out of work, and no money coming in, and... Honey, let us carefully analyze the situation and see what can be done. Now, as I see it, there are three things we can do. First, there's a chance of me getting a job. So we immediately go to number two. <laughs> that is your chance of getting a job. This takes us to number three. That's Jane. Well, but she quit, and there's no going back now. You know, Al, once you burn your britches behind you. <laughs> well, honey, honey, you heard what Jane said. She's sorry. That girl wants to work. All right, so she's eccentric. But who are we to stand in her way? Oh, but Al, Believe I... me, Irma, Jane will never be happy, nor will we, until we get that job back for her. But how? I don't even know why she quit. Maybe she had a quarrel with Richard that developed into a misunderstanding. Well, there's only one way to find out. We'll call up Richard and straighten him out. Oh, no, Ella. I don't think that would be right. Gotcha, honey. Forget it. We won't call Richard. Instead, we'll call his father. 
That seems more logical. Well, certainly. You don't deal with messenger boys. You go right to the top, honey. Well, Al, do you think it'll work? Can't miss. He's the top man. And when you want a job back, always go to the top man. It gives you dignity. Besides, when he throws you out, you don't feel like such a bum. <laughs> oh, gee, Al, I'm so glad I have you to do my thinking for me because uh, thinking gives me a headache. I also read that it makes your hair fall out, so I try not to think too much. Swell, honey. Because I know you'd never be happy with a bald-headed girl with a headache. <laughs> Operator, I want Hilltop 5 oh, eight... that's a long-distance call. Oh, why didn't you tell me? <laughs> Operator, I was cut off. Get my number back immediately. <laughs> yes, it was Hilltop 5829. Don't be nervous, chicken. You talk to him and I'll tell you what to say. Here, take the receiver. Okay, Al. Gee, wouldn't Jane be tickled if she knew what we were doing for? <clears throat> Hello? I'm Mr. Rhinelander II. Your name is Jane Stacy and you worked for him a long time. My name is Jane Stacy and I worked for you a long time. Al, I'm not Jane Stacy. Never mind. Say what I tell you. You're a reliable girl, and you've been with a firm ever since it's been established. I'm an established girl, and I've been with your firm ever since it's been reliable. You don't... <laughs> Hold it, chicken. Hold it, chicken. No. <laughs> You're a good typist. You never make a mistake. And what is more, you go out with his son. I'm a good typist. I go out with your son. What is more, I never make any mistakes. <laughs> You're all wet, chicken. You're all wet, chicken. He shouldn't have fired you. Al says you shouldn't have fired me. And what is more... Guess what, Al? What? He hung up. <laughs> well, he's a busy man. But don't worry, chicken. I'm sure you made an impression on him. Walking on air, I knew the only way to solve my problem was just to face it. So I called up Richard, and in two minutes, we both realized how foolish we'd been. Now I have the job back, and I have Richard back, and if there's anything nicer than that, Santa Claus will just have to bring it. So I couldn't wait to get back to the apartment and say, Irma... Uh, yes, Jane? Irma, listen, honey, forget everything I said. Our troubles are over. I got my job back. Listen to her, Al. She got her job back. Little does she know who got her job back. What are you two up to? Oh, never mind. You'll find out, and someday you'll thank us. Come in. Richard, what are you doing here? I haven't any place to go. My father won't even let me in the house. I, 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 what, I don't understand. Jane, why didn't you tell me you'd called my father? Me? I knew you were angry at me for a while, but, but you didn't have to tell him all those weird things. That you were established and made no mistakes when you went out with me. <laughs> what? Well, what is more, he's still my father. You have no right to call him chicken. Uh, it's, uh, getting a little stuffy in here. <laughs> I think I'll drift along. Do that and keep drifting. Richard, I didn't make the call. Please try to understand. I just... Oh, Irma, how could you? I was only trying to help. Only trying to help. Irma, if you and that, that fugitive from an employment office ever meddle in my affairs again, I... Irma, can't you see what you've done to me? Jane, there's only one thing we can do. Let's go over and explain everything to my father, if only for my sake. Yes, all right, Richard. Oh, please, Jane, give me a chance to explain. I didn't mean any harm. I only wanted to... Oh, she's angry at me. She hates me. Oh, gee, they've all gone. I wish I were a man so I could feel like a forgotten man. 
But I deserve it because I made Jane unhappy. And even Al has left me. There's only one thing to do. Where's the pencil? To whom it may concern. To whom it may concern. Do not drag the river from my body as I have hung myself. <laughs> Signed, guess who? <laughs> P.S. Don't tell Al he worries. <laughs> Richard! Richard, did you hear that? Well, it's ridiculous. Oh, no, it isn't, Richard. I'm, I'm terribly frightened. You don't know Irma. But only someone out of her mind would do that. I said you don't know Irma. <laughs> Richard, what do we do? Jane, if you're really worried, I, I think it's best to call the police. Yes, the police. You're right, Richard, the police. Oh, dear, if she'd, she'd only waited to hear the news that we'd straightened everything out with your father. Now, don't I... worry, dear. Oh, I can't help it. Operator, oh, operator, give me police headquarters. Isn't there any word from the police yet? I'm going to go out of my mind. Now, be calm, Jane. They'll oh, find her. I'm telling you both, you're on the wrong track. We gotta use the same tactics they use with all my friends. Offer a reward. Oh, no. Oh, heavens, I'm afraid it's too late. It's... Oh, Irma, Irma. Did someone call me? Irma! Chicken! Oh, honey. Oh, Irma. Oh, gee. Oh, I'm so glad to see you. I never expected to see you again. Neither did I. Oh, listen, honey, no matter how much I yell at you, you must never toy with such ideas. We love you. Well, Jane, I felt so unwanted that I wanted to... But it's all right now because, you see, before I could do anything, uh, I met my old boss, Mr. Clyde. He begged me to come back to work. Why? Didn't he hire a new girl? Oh, he tried ten of them, and they all sat around. But none of them could figure out what I wrote in the past two years. <laughs> again. And once more, there were two breadwinners in the flat. But one thing still kind of troubled me, and so that night, after we'd said our prayers, I said to Irma, Honey, tell me something. How did Al get the money to get my typewriter back? He sold my genuine pearls. But you said he couldn't take them out of the icebox. I know, he sold the icebox, too. <laughs> well, that's my friend, Irma. <laughs> My Friend Irma was written and directed by Cy Howard. Remember, next week, instead of dialing your telephone to listen to your best friend, dial your radio to this same Columbia station, same time, to listen to... My Friend Irma. Starring Marie Wilson as Irma and Kathy Lewis as Jane, with John Brown as Al and Life Erickson as Richard. Songs were by the King's Men with the music of Led Gluskin and his orchestra. Corey Webster speaking. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.
I hope you enjoyed those two broadcasts of the My Friend Irma Show. I'd also like to thank all of you for listening to the podcast and sending in your comments and suggestions. It really means a lot to me, and it keeps the podcast growing. If you haven't already done so, check us out at anchor.fm slash oldradiocomedypodcast and leave me a message. And a five-star rating or review on whichever podcast application you use would be very much appreciated. That's it for today. Tune in next time for another classic comedy radio broadcast right here on the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. La, 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 la.